Hello, kaiju lovers. It's Nathan, not MIFV Nate, coming to you live on this wonderful little Patreon-only MIFV Max live stream. Admittedly, I'm starting later than I wanted to, and if you watch the video version of this, it's not going to be as impressive as I would have liked because I was figuring out some things. I wanted to show some photographs on the computer, but then I said I had to download plugins and things, not plugins, but uh, I don't know, some software in order to be able to view things. It, 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 the whole thing is just stupid, incredibly stupid. And right now, none of you are seeing this because it's an unlisted video. So I am going to endeavor to get a link for everyone and put that into... Oh, okay. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. I thought I deleted it for some odd reason. I thought I, sh I X'd off the wrong thing. Can you tell? I am really great at streamyarding. I am amazing at streamyarding. Boo. Yeah. Just saying. Okay. All righty. Let me see. Let me uh, throw that link into there. There we go. This is wonderful. We'll do it live. Now I just have to keep vamping here. Let me see. What did I call this? Uh, there we go. All right. We'll throw that into there. This is going to be great for... This is going to be great for people who are listening to the audio version of this. Hello! How's it going? May have to do a little bit of editing... I don't know. Let's see how MIFV episodes are made. There you go. G Fest. Star Island Film Vault. Put my name in. Exciting, right? So exciting. Kaiju. Trying to spell here. There we go. No, I don't want to schedule it. I just want to post it. There we go. Publish now. Hopefully I can get some of you into this. There we go. I don't know if I'll get any takers here to watch it live. I'm not particularly worried. If I do or not, I do need to bring up some notes here so I know what I'm talking about. Because G-Fest, oh boy. First time G-Fest has been... <sighs> here we go, my G-Fest outline. <sighs> I mean, I suppose if all else fails, I can show this Word document. Let me see. Let's see what happens if I show the Word document. Let's see. Share. Uh, share screen. Window. I don't know if any of you can see that. Let me go back over here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can. Uh, oh. 
Oh, I guess, let me see. Oh, uh, well, that's just goofy. Nope, nope, I don't like that. I don't like that. You're just going to have to look at my goofy face. <laughs> For those of you who are watching this on the VOD. So, let me, uh, yeah, let's stop wasting some time here, shall we? Let's stop wasting time. There we go. All right, so, yeah, G-Fest happened. It's a little surprising, but G-Fest happened, and it was pretty cool. Got a lot of stories I could tell, and I'm going to try to share as many of them as I can with you today. Uh, let me see. Well, I'll just leave it maximized here, and uh, we'll expand a little bit. Can you tell I'm prepared? I am so prepared. So... This year was interesting, mostly because this was the first time that I have been to G-Fest when I was there as, well, I've been there as a content creator before, but a lot has changed in the last couple of years. In 2019, which was the last time I was there, I was just announcing the Monster Island Film Vault after you know coming off the heels of my previous podcast. So people were aware of it. I was promoting it, but the show didn't exist yet. And in the three short, long, I don't know how, how you want to look at it, years since then, I have not only launched the Film Vault, but I have also gotten myself onto two other shows. So I had a lot to share, obviously, at this event this year and i have made a lot of friends in the kaiju content creation sphere both as uh, uh, in the podcast sphere and in the youtube sphere and a bunch of them were going to be at g fest so i was going to meet a bunch of the new friends that i have made in the last year there at g fest and i was beyond excited as you would expect so there was a lot riding on this year. So, to begin with, we'll go with day zero. That's what I'm calling it. Day zero, it's the day before, it's Thursday, it's technically not the first day of the con, but there's some stuff going on that are technically part of the con. Most notably, the Pickwick double screenings, not double screenings, double features. And if you don't know, for those who don't know, G-Fest is this big convention that's been held since about the mid-90s. It's been in a couple of different locations, but it's primarily been held in Chicago, specifically in the Rosemont area over by O'Hare Airport. It's run by J.D. Lees and a bunch of the people who are associated with G-Fan Magazine. They didn't have a show in 2020 or 2021 because, well, pandemic. Pandemic. <laughs> But so this was the first time it was back. Is at a new hotel? It's at the Hyatt, not the Crown Plaza, because it was outgrowing the Crown Plaza. So there's a lot of new stuff going into this. There's been some drama and such associated with the convention, but at this point, no one really cares. What they're most interested in is being able to see all of their friends and to do all the stuff that we had done before. Thankfully, the drama was spared most of us throughout the weekend. So my brother, Jared, who's my roommate in the room, actually just next door, <laughs> we packed up our bags on Wednesday night. 
put everything in the car. I did some TikTok videos and kind of the lead up to it. I've shared some photos and everything. I wanted to show the photos to all of you guys just to make this more visually interesting. The best I'm probably going to be able to do is show them off on my phone, which is admittedly a little bit lame, but it's at this point, it's probably the best I can do which is a little unfortunate. So, you know, just to give you a little bit of a taste. So my brother, Jared, I uh, probably can't see it very well. There you go. See right there. <laughs> That's Binti Kong. Yeah, this looks terrible. <laughs> this little uh, knockoff beanie baby. looks like a gorilla that my brother has. I guess I'll just have to, you know, see if I can get some more pictures posted on the socials. That might be the best that I could do at the moment. Either that or just make a slideshow. I don't know. I don't know at this point. Well, we'll do it live. Anyway, so day zero, we packed our bags, made our trip over to Chicago. We live in Fort Wayne, Indiana. So it took us, it actually took a little longer than I expected, but that's also partly because I avoided toll roads, which added about 15 minutes to what would normally be about a three and a half hour trip. But it ended up taking us a little longer anyway, because we had to make a couple of stops along the way when normally we would do this nonstop. But the plan was you know, to meet up with as many of my G-Fest friends as I could on Thursday and go hit the double features. Well, I was only able, when I when we finally got to the hotel, I was only able to, for sure, confirm with my friend Elijah Thomas of the Kaiju Conversation podcast. We, yeah, an 18-year-old kid, and so he was the first of my new content creator friends. And He's been to G-Fest before, so I may have seen him in years past, but didn't know who he was, obviously which seems to have been true with some of the people. So we met at the hotel, and we very quickly you know, got stuffed him into the car because we couldn't check out yet, and we went over to the Pickwick and learned one of the first lessons of G-Fest, <laughs> which is you need about 10 minutes to get to the Pickwick and about an hour to find parking because for whatever reason, I guess there's just some sort of festival or whatever going on every weekend in this this city park that's just down the street from the Pickwick. And every year I've been there, there's some sort of an event going on there, and it eats up a bunch of parking spaces. So here we are wandering around this whole block trying to find a place to park. Just reminded me why a you know, little, you know, country kid and little city, you know, small city, maybe at best medium city boy, because I live in Fort Wayne and Fort Wayne is at best a medium sized city. Can't find a place to park. It's driving me nuts. So we're driving around and then we get to one of the, the first funny stories of the weekend, which <laughs> I don't know who you are. Okay. But I tried to turn around in an alleyway to get to a parking spot that I spotted. And then as I'm coming around, this full-size van with Indiana license plates comes over and pulls in to that space, and it just made me angry that my fellow Hoosier, who apparently was there to see the movies, stole my space. Grr! And so I just blurted out, screw you, Hoosier van! 
that was the first line of the day. So, uh, yeah, I don't know who you are. I don't know who you are, but if you're in the sound within the sound of my voice, I don't appreciate it. I don't appreciate it. But driving in Chicago is basically equal parts Fast and Furious and Darwinism anyway. These you people are crazy. I've talked with people who have who live in Fort Wayne, used to live in Chicago, and they honestly think that Fort Wayne drivers are terrible. And I'm like, I don't know about that because I drove through Chicago and all y'all are crazy. I don't know how you don't cause way more accidents than you do. But all of you need to be in the Indy 500 or something. It's absolutely insane what you do. Anyway, we got in there. The first double feature was Godzilla versus Hedera or Smog Monster, whichever you prefer, and Godzilla versus Megalon. So we get in there. We're already a, a few minutes late. We missed a good chunk of the opening credits, which was a little disappointing. And so we get in there, we find seats, we have to sit a little bit closer to the screen. But this screen, if you've been to the Pickwick, the Pickwick is massive, all right? It's called a Mergal Theater, which I guess is not quite IMAX. Or maybe it's as big as an IMAX, but it doesn't curve like an IMAX theater is supposed to do. I don't know, but it's not quite the same. But it's a gorgeous theater. Made in the 1920s, used to be for plays, and it was converted to a... Movie house, it's great. The history behind it is amazing. Excuse me. So, we get in there, we sit down, and as usually happens, even though now they're telling us not to do that, and I wonder if it's because I wrote an article that got into GFED Magazine that made them aware that this is how, what people do. So, they started saying, hey, everybody be quiet during the movies. No one cares. We're going to get rowdy at these theaters during these screenings. It's just part of the fun, all right? It's just part of the fun. So we started talking back to the screen a little bit. Then, lo and behold, I discover that sitting basically right in front of me is my friend Danny DeManna, MIFV Max member. There he is, right there with some of his friends and family watching the movie with us. He just turns his head around and calls me Marchand because that's what you do now. Apparently, when you get frustrated with me, you call me Marchand. So... My phone's going off. That's probably Danny, a few people. But anyway, so that was fun. So we're sitting there with some other people I had every intention of meeting. We had a good time with that movie. And then we get to one of the crazier stories that happened to me throughout the weekend. Because between the movies, between Megalon and Hedera, I went over to the men's room. And what's interesting about the Pickwick is that you have to go downstairs a little bit to get to the men's room. And they're... the Rest, entrances to the restrooms are on opposite sides of the hallway. So we, I'm going over there, and I'm standing in line going downstairs, one of the few times I've ever had to stand in line for the men's room, and I'm just chit-chatting with some people there. And there's a guy there who apparently knows some inside information about how the movies and everything were selected and was talking about that, about how especially Megalon was going to... This was the first time it was being shown at the Pickwick as part of G-Fest because now they just have to talk to Criterion in order to get the rights and everything. And I think I may have casually mentioned that I was a podcaster or something. And then, you know, after we finish our business in the bathroom, he's like, wait a minute. Are you Nathan? I think he saw my name tag. Are you? No, I didn't have the name tag at that point. So I can't say that. And he's like, are you Nathan Marchand? Yeah. <gasps> the Monster Island Film Vault? Yeah. Dude, I love your show. <laughs> 
And he just started going insane. He just fanboyed all over the place right there. Oh, like, oh my gosh. And he's like, I listen to your show all the time at the gym. Yeah, I could tell you're jacked. His name was Matthew Walsh. No, not Matt Walsh from the Daily Wire. No, Matthew Walsh, different guy. So he started chit-chatting a little bit. And then the part that just blew my mind was he said right then and there, I'm going to buy you popcorn. I'm like, what? I have a fan who loves me so much, he's going to buy me popcorn for a Godzilla movie. I, I, I wasn't quite sure what to do with that, as you would imagine. I did say yes. It was still a little weird, but I said yes. Anyway, so we go over to the counter to get the popcorn, and he whips out his wallet. He's like, get what you want. I'm like, okay, I'll have a small. Oh, only a small? Okay, fine, a medium. So here I am with a free medium popcorn, courtesy of one of my fans, for the rest of the movie, for Megalon, which was a wonderful experience, by the way. We all cheered when the dropkick happened and when Jet Jaguar showed up. It was amazing. That was... Honestly, overall, probably the best viewing experience I had in the Pickwick all weekend, and I saw all six of the movies that were playing. <laughs> Although, during Hedera, there were points where there was a kid way in the back who was cheering Godzilla. Get it, Godzilla! Well, he was fighting Hedera, which was great. And Oh, and we all sang along for the Jet Jaguar th- fight song, as they describe it, on MST3K. So you can't go wrong there. Like I said... By far, the most wonderful experience. My friend Danny actually recorded the dropkick and the audience response and posted it on the Godzilla Novelization Project Twitter. I highly recommend you go and you watch it. It is so fun. So fun. I don't care what anyone says. Dropkick is peak cinema. Prove me wrong. All right. So, as is my tradition at G-Fest... Got to go to Giordano's. I have gone to Giordano's every year on Thursday at G-Fest, every year that I've gone. And Elijah, who was tagging along, he was he was basically my shadow, besides Jared, was my shadow that, we, uh, that day of the convention. Never been to Giordano's before, never had Chicago-style pizza, so like, oh, dude, we got, we got to show you what Chicago-style pizza is like. So we we there, I found out there's actually one in a shopping center down the street from G, uh, from Pickwick. We're like, nah, that's not the one we're going to. We're going to go to the to the regular one where most of the congoers are already going. So that's the one we went to. It was a little bit farther of a drive, but I didn't care. So we went over there, and we had some Chicago style pizza. Elijah enjoyed himself. He liked what he had. First time he'd ever had it. We walked around. There's a, a park area with some fountains. I've taken pictures over there before. I've used them as like Facebook profile pics in the past. So that was cool. And so we went around there, found out that Elijah is allergic to running. I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but whatever on there. Love you, Elijah. Anyway, so then we went back to the Pickwick after we had our dinner. And partook of the second double feature, which was Godzilla 1954 and Godzilla vs. the Sea Monster. Now, one of the things that's interesting is that usually the movies shown at the Pickwick are done usually one of two ways. They're either showing whatever is the new hotness, whatever is the most popular thing at the time, particularly the last couple of years. And in this case, it was 
Godzilla versus Kong. So they screen Godzilla versus Kong again, even though that was out a year ago. And then otherwise they tend to tailor the movies toward whoever the special guests are. So the first double feature you know, was Hedera and Megalon because they had uh, Kawase, the kid from both of those movies. So they showed both of those, and that was cool. So this one, I wasn't tailored to a guest, but it's being done, I'm guessing, as a tribute to Takarada, because there were a couple of Takarada tribute panels, which I'll get into here. So they showed both of those. And those screenings, for the most part, were pretty okay. They weren't as exciting. I was a little annoyed during the Godzilla 54 screening, and I've never seen either one of these movies in the theater before. There, there were some points where there's some I thought was a little bit of inappropriate cheering. Now, when they would see things like uh, 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 not, uh, not Akira, well, they did cheer when they saw Akira Takarada's name, but and when he came on screen, they cheered for him. And but when you saw Ashura Honda's name or Fukabe's name in the credits, they would cheer. And I'm guessing it's like okay, they're cheering for the actors, they're cheering for these names because these are people that they like. But then there was weird things like when Godzilla first appears on screen, people cheered. Thought that was a little inappropriate. When Godzilla starts his first rampage in Tokyo uh, in Tokyo Harbor, people cheered. Thought that was a little inappropriate. The weirdest one was when the oxygen destroyer appeared and there were people who applauded. I'm like, okay. Don't know why you're applauding for that, but this, I will tell you right now, this was nothing compared to what happened later. <laughs> nothing for the Godzilla versus Kong screening, which was by far the worst G-Fest screening I've ever been to. And I went in 2017 when Shin Godzilla was shown, and I thought there was some inappropriate cheering going on during that screening. All of that to say, that one was, for the most part, great, and I was so happy to see that movie on the big screen. Godzilla versus the Sea Monster was an interesting experience, and... Yeah, Nothing really stood out about that one. Now, one of the things that was confirmed for me watching this, because they're using basically the Criterion prints for these, something that I brought up on Kaiju Kim's live stream was I was wondering, are they going to do sub or dub for this? And this was confirmed. They're going sub with everything. And we see the Janus Films logo before each one of them. So that's how I know it's the Criterion editions. So there you go. So it was... Just had a tremendous fun watching both of those movies. Highly entertaining. The Sea Monster was a great palate cleanser after the very dour Godzilla 54. So then we get to day one proper. Day one proper. Well, before that, we went back to the hotel and actually checked in. There's a little bit of confusion over the, over the room. Basically, I learned, don't pay in cash. Hotels don't like it when you pay in cash. They like cards. Had to sort some things out regarding that. Regardless, anyway, after that got sorted out, then I had to sort out a little bit more the next morning. You know, but that's you know boring stuff. You don't care about that. You don't care about that. No, no, not at all. So this was when I started connecting with a bunch of people who were either fans of the podcast or were f content creator friends of mine, most of whom I have never met before. And these were these were people I was meeting throughout the entire day. Not all at once, necessarily, even though I was trying to do that the day before. So on Thursday alone, not for Thursday, Friday alone, I met Ryan the Omniviewer Collins, his friend Thomas Nickel, Kaiju Kim, Alyssa Sharpentier, 
who was in the vendor hall selling her books. Zimzilla, who's done some stuff on Instagram and on Twitter. He's a streamer, a video game streamer. And then, most interestingly, over the... was this? I think this was over the course of the whole weekend. I know I met Andrew Winja the Ninja, as I called him. He's a fan of the Power Trip. You know, if you want to hear about what we talked about when I met him, listen to the next episode of the Power Trip, a journey through a power the Power Rangers franchise. And I also, interestingly, I don't know if he's hearing this right now. I hope he's. I was hoping that I would have people in the chat to interact with about this, but. I met Ted Williams. He was there. I met him after one of the film screenings, I think. Trying to remember. Can't remember if it was that night after Godzilla vs. Kong or if it was after Terror of Mechagodzilla on Saturday. I don't exactly remember. I know it was after one of the late night screenings. But, you know, just a whole slew of people that I remember specifically by name that I met over the uh, I met the entire weekend. I'm sure there's a few other people that I bumped into who are also content creators, but I met them for the first time, or maybe they're fans of the show, but I don't exactly remember your name, but anything. But, you know, I met a bunch of people. <laughs> I met a bunch of people. The con nearly doubled in size this year. It went from 3,000 in 2019 to 5,500. And we didn't even take over the whole Hyatt, but the Hyatt's big enough that we can keep expanding until we take over the entire hotel. That is our goal. We will take over the hotel. It will be ours. We just need to get a lot more people to show up. So if you missed G-Fest this year, I highly recommend going next year. Let me continue with my story about what went on Friday for day one. So I I brought this with me just as a fashion statement, and it ended up I was planning on alternating between this and styling my hair, but I have my Doctor Who hat, which I don't have with me. I should have had it with me, but, you know, it's a... It's a fourth doctor hat. Looks kind of like an Indiana Jones hat. I got a developed a little bit of a, I don't want to know of a following, but a bit of interest because of it. Some people thought it was a cowboy hat, and I had to say, nope, it's a fedora. It's not a cowboy hat. Uh, but uh, I was, uh, it became recognizable because of that thing over the course of the weekend. Although I, I think I say I wore it. I believe I wore it Thursday. I wore it every day but Saturday. Saturday, I styled my hair. But I kind of think uh, after how well the hat went over, I just kept wearing it. And it was very appropriate on Sunday for one of the panels, as I'll talk about here in a minute. So I went to a handful of panels, I, most of which were being paneled by some friends of mine, Danny and Alyssa. And I honestly... Uh, I, I wish I had my program with me uh, to talk about the panels that I did attend. You know what? I think I will just go to the G fan website and see if I can find it. Maybe they still have things posted up there. Let's see. Let's see. Schedule. Here we go. So which ones did I go to? So I went to the Hetera Belated 50th panel because Danny and Alyssa were on it. I went to the Geigen panel because Danny was on it. And Danny, Danny dominated. That one, was that one? Was it that one or was it? Yeah, it was that one. Danny dominated that panel. MVP. 
The rest of the panelists did fine, but man, that was Danny's panel. He owned it. He owned it so well. And then after that, let me see. Uh, I didn't go. I didn't go to any of the uh, any more panels after that until the opening ceremonies. So after that, I was spending a lot of time running around checking out the dealer hall, which is something that I hadn't done a whole lot before. But I know the dealer room is a big deal at G Fest, and you want to go in there and find some cool stuff, meet some cool people. And you know, I guess Alyssa was in there selling her books and things like that. I was going in there seeing if I could find some things. I bought a Bandai King Caesar on the first day, which is something that was on my list to find. Because I regret not buying them when I saw them at Walmart. The crazy thing was I found it for $40 at one store, went, did some rounds, went around, found it for 20 at another. I was very proud of myself. Beast of the East, thank you for having a $20 Bandai King Caesar. It was great. Sitting on the shelf right now. Although you can see a little bit, you know, for those who are watching the video, that right there, that was something from the dealer hall that I got. Actually, both of those were things from my haul because that Mecha Godzilla I got from Elijah, who saved it for me. So I included that in my haul, even though I got it from a friend, you know, who was selling stuff for me, you know, keeping stuff around for me because we got it at G Fest, so it counts. Fight me. Anyway, so opening ceremonies. Opening ceremonies were, you know, the opening ceremonies. It's it was about what you would expect. They they showed off the guests and. Th and uh, they played some memorial videos. There were some tears because they played videos for people who have worked on these movies who've died, including Akira Takarada. It's very emotional for people. And then they also include people who are part of the G-Fest community who have died, including a, a guy, I think his name was Weatherly, I want to say. Uh, Danny would know better than me, who ran Aardvark Tees. Is it Aardvark Tees? He, ran, he sold T-shirts at G-Fest, and he has unfortunately passed away in the last couple of years. So, you know, so there was that. Oh, well, Alyssa and I did some book exchanges, and she's already shown off some of my books on her videos. I did book exchanges with Omni, so I've got a pile of his books sitting over there. <laughs> I should have showed those off, but like I said, I was trying to get this put together at the last second, get everything ready. And then my friend Neil Reby, who's been on the show once and has been sharing a lot of feedback with us he was rooming with jared and i in the hotel room for a couple of nights and i found something out it, this was actually in between you know before the opening ceremony we went into the room met in the room and he told me something that was very encouraging for me as a content creator this is the sort of stuff i live for i mean meeting matt and hearing how much he loved it and, you know, how much he loved the show, lo loved it enough that I know he says he's going to join Patreon and he bought me popcorn. So that's a big deal for sure. But this one was fascinating and I don't think you would mind me sharing this story. But he told me that he lost his job in the, uh, in the last couple of years. I think it was in 20, no, it was last year because they had a... Well, I won't say why, but he lost his job. It was something that he knew was coming, but it was still very stressful. And, you know, he's in his 50s. He only has a high school education, and you know, that's very difficult to navigate. I know that for a fact because my dad went through that during the Great Recession. It was in a similar boat there. So it wasn't easy for him to find a new job. 
you know, and like especially when he had spent 25 years at this particular one, he was selling insurance. So he was really stressed out. He had bills and a mortgage and everything he had to take care of. And he told me, and he got very emotional when he told me this. Sometimes even just hinting at it with some other people throughout the rest of the weekend made it incredibly difficult for him to keep his composure. He's an author friend of mine, by the way. I should have prefaced that. He told me in particular, he singled this out, and I made sure to call my friend Dallas Mora and tell him about this. He singled out the Gamera 2 episode of the Film Vault because he said he started listening more fervently to the podcast when at this point and listening to the Gamera 2 episode, which you know was a good two hours or so long, he said for those two hours, he felt like a person again. Then for, you know, just for a little while, he just listened to a couple of people talk about the stuff that he loved. That right there is a big reason that I do what I do. It really is. I know not, maybe not all of you have stories like that about how a content creator, you know, something that I've worked on, it doesn't matter what it is, if it's a book or a podcast video, whatever it is, you enjoy it and it gives you some much needed encouragement or a little bit of escapism. And I am so delighted to hear something like that. It's what keeps me going. So if you have stories like that, I would love to hear them, and I will happily share those on a future episode of the podcast. I am very interested in that. It's This is the sort of stuff that keeps podcasters, keeps content creators going. We have to hear that. But, you know, it's a, there's a little bit of ego involved in that, you know, some affirmation, but it lets us know that what we're doing is worthwhile, and it's not just something that we're doing for ourselves. I really mean that. So... Let's move on to some other things. So the opening ceremony, let me see, book exchanges. Okay. Then the next thing I went to was the Godzilla versus Kong screening at Pickwick. When I, uh, Neil went with me, and when we got there, we ran into Thomas and Ryan. So I'm like, hey, so we do have some people to see it with. We had to sit really close to the screen because it was a packed theater. More packed than I was expecting. But you don't go there to see the movie for the first time. You go there because you want to see it in a massive theater with a bunch of other fans. The energy level is different. And I knew from 2019 when King of the Monsters was screened that it could get rowdy. And I kind of wanted it for that reason. I wanted it to get rowdy. I was going to have a good time. I had jokes. I was going to throw them out there. I was there for it. And for the first time in my life, I I shouldn't say what I I actually want to say because that could be taken out of context very badly. But let's just say there was a very obnoxious child sitting behind the, the lot of us. And he needed to shut up. I wanted to turn around and tell him to shut up so much. He's probably eight years old as a boy. And he would say 
inappropriate things. He would clap and cheer at inappropriate times. And then there's a bunch of what felt like a bunch of, it's like youth group. It really was like youth group. A bunch of these teenage teenagers and sitting in the middle of the theater who would clap and applaud whenever something like, you know, when somebody would die or when characters talked about people dying, they would start applauding for that. And this kid was making inappropriate jokes. He was making fun of Gia, the deaf girl, and cheering for Kong to die and just, child, shut up! Oh! I mean, there was a couple of times both Ryan and I would blurt out when people wasn't, specifically a kid but just anybody in this group in the middle of the theater when they were doing this we would we were basically telling them that i can't remember the exact words now but it was something like you're all awful or something like that i don't remember but we made our disdain known and so what should have been an incredible experience and it still was people still went nuts when kong ran in there and saved godzilla from mecha godzilla spoiler warning and it ripped off Mechagodzilla's head and everything. That They still did that. But there were so many points before then that it were ruined. It was so incredibly cringy, as Zimzilla put it in Twitter, on Twitter, that it just ruined the whole experience, I have to say. And I kind of regretted going a little bit because it was just so ruined. However, I found out that Alyssa was there and found out that even though she was a very outspoken critic of... The uh, of Godzilla versus Kong, she watched it again, and I guess she's she's warming up to it. She's softened toward it, which is an interesting thing. I would love to talk with her at some point about her how her thoughts on the film have changed in the subsequent viewings. And I did recommend that she check out the episode I did with Eric Anderson on that. Gave her a little taste of it by saying, "Mecha Godzilla's the Tower of Babel." She really appreciated that. So. That takes care of Friday. So then we get to Saturday when we get to two of my six panels because, yes, I am insane. I am insane. Although that doesn't compare to my friend Danny who decided that introvert that he is, he had to do eight. (laughs) We're all crazy. Anyway... So, I did the Terror of Mechagodzilla panel because I had to. It was my first Godzilla film, and it remains one of my favorites to this day, and it was being screened. You can bet that I was there to see that. And my friend Elijah, it was also his first, and it was one of his favorites. And Tomoko Ai was there. Well, I've got a story about Tomoko Ai. So, went to, uh, I, attended, uh, I was part of that panel. Danny was on it. It was great. Absolutely great. And then the other panel that I hosted that uh, that day was the Kaiju Writers Unite, which is funny how that came about because when I've been on that panel before. In fact, funny story, I literally got on that panel five minutes before it started in 2017 because of you know, one of the panelists dropped out and I just said, hey, you know, Neil, here's my credentials. I have a Kaiju book. And he told me to get behind the table. Well, funny enough, everybody who would except for me, who was normally who would normally be on that panel at one point wasn't going to come. And even I wasn't sure if I was going to do it or not. 
but I submitted that panel. I was like, well, you know, if no one else is going to do it, I'll submit it. Then I think within a week or two of me submitting the panel, Neil got a hold of me. He's like, hey, you want to do the pa- you want to do the writers panel for me? It's like, dude, I already submitted that. I'm a, I'm a way ahead of you. Well, then, funny enough, Skip Peel did end up coming. He wasn't on the writers panel, but he ran Jeopardy as he normally does. And Neil came, obviously. So I had a panelist who wasn't able to make it, Chris Negro. Shout out to Chris Negro, the head of Wild Hunt Press. Wasn't able to make it. So Neil came in, and it's like everything. It was so appropriate that Neil ends up being a last-minute replacement on the panel when I when I'm hosting it, like just like, I met him in 2017 doing that. And when we started the panel, I looked over at him and I said, the circle is now complete. When I left you, I was but a panelist. Now I am the moderator. (laughs) I got a good laugh out of people. And man, man, we're going to have to figure out how to manage that panel a little bit better because we had a lot more questions than we could answer. And we had five panelists, myself, Neil, Danny, Ryan, and Alyssa, but all a bunch of friends of mine. And it was just too many questions to field. So we're thinking we're either just going to have to have a longer panel somehow, maybe a couple of sessions, or we're going to have to just give shorter answers, have fewer people answer. You know, it's just, we're trying to figure out how to accommodate more people because that ended up starting a problem that, I ended up dealing with because my plan was to have Kaiju ramen t-shirts for the weekend. Michael Hamilton got sick and wasn't able to make them for a couple of us. So I said, Oh, just send me the logos and I'll take care of it. And I bought the supplies at Hobby Lobby to do it. Well, everything got in the way. Cause I'm like, where am I going to print it? I need a place to print it. There wasn't a computer. I but I found out there was a FedEx store. I'm like, okay, now I just need to, Make, figure out how the FedEx store works, or the FedEx room works, and I figured out how it works, but then I didn't have time to do it. And then I left the supplies in the panel room, didn't figure that out until it was closed. They wouldn't let me in to get it, and they wouldn't let me go in super early the next day to get it. I was prepared to be up until 3 o'clock in the morning on Saturday and get, get it all done, calf myself up even more than I normally do in order to make these shirts happen. The shirts didn't happen. I have given... Michael, permission to shame me for not getting it done. Oh, well. So, that was a thing that day. And it was because of the writer's panel that I couldn't do it. Because uh, that I couldn't do it cause that's the panel where I left them in there. Because another panel was starting right after that. It was actually Matt Frank's panel. And there were a bunch of people asking me questions. And so, because I was in a hurry and I was distracted, I didn't grab everything like I should have. Oh, well. But all is forgiven. All is fine. The shirts will get made. They just won't be used for G-Fest this year. But they will get made. So what other panels did I go on to that one? I, I attended several that day. Let me look. Let's see. What did we have on Saturday? There we go, Saturday. Do, 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 do. Well, after I did the Terror of Mechagodzilla panel, I went to the... Hiroyuki Kawase interview and the Tomoko Ai interview; those were fun. Got this, you know, attending the celebrity interview panels is always a good idea. Oh, uh, Don Fry! It was un- unfortunately Don Fry couldn't make it this year. So let's see. There were a lot of panels that I wanted to go to that I couldn't go to. So Kaiju Writers Unite, 
Do, do, do. Actually, that was everything I did. Uh, that was all the panels I went to. I spent a lot of time in the dealer hall after that, making some final purchases, finding stuff for friends, uh, you know, stuff like that, seeing what all was in there, chatting with people, spending more money than I should have. <laughs> I'm going to regret it for so long. <sighs> but... Then we organized, by we I mean like me and Ryan, we organized a dinner over at the Red Bar there in the Hyatt, on the second floor of the Hyatt. So a bunch of us got uh, got together and went over there and took us a while to get seated, but we found a seat because we had a big group. And so a bunch of us sat there, we ate food, we had dinner, and Kaiju Kim and I had to basically eat and run because we wanted to try out for Jeopardy. For those who don't know what that is, it's basically Godzilla-themed Jeopardy. It's a G-Fest staple. And we I've tried out several times to be on it. I've never gotten in, so I was bound to determine to get in. It was, so was Kim. So was Kim. And we were like, yeah, come on. We're going we're gonna to put our friendship on the line. We're going we're gonna to play against each other in Jeopardy. Booyah. Ooh, you know. But we found out that the Norman England and Ed Godicheski panel went into overtime just because they were the last panel of the day. And I guess they thought, hey, we're cool enough to do that. Whatever at that point. <laughs> so because of that, they moved up the tryouts because there just wasn't enough, it wasn't as much time. So it felt a little inconsiderate. Yeah, Norman! We love you, Norman. Okay, just want to say that. We love you, Norman. Anyway. Shake my fist, but we love you, Norman. But so we missed out on it because they moved them up so they could start everything right at 630 on the dot. <sighs> okay. Next year. Next year. Next year, it's going to be me, Kim, and Danny. Danny's going to win. Or it could be me. Uh, it just Basically, we just wanted to be uh, three people from our circle of friends so we could all put our friendships on the line and compete against each other. Who's the biggest Godzilla nerd of them all? Next year. Next year. Jeopardy takeover. Ooh. All right. So we watched that. We learned some very interesting things. Some wild things. Uh, it's just, it was insane. It was insane. Oh, I also should have mentioned I got autographs that day. I got my autographs that day from Kawase and Tomokawai. Oh, and I forgot to mention. Oh, my! how could I forget this? How could I forget this? Let me see. I'm going to find. I, I don't know how well you'll be able to see it, but I'm going to find it here on my phone. I got to eat lunch sitting next to Tomokawai, and it was bonkers. And she just, she was very casual about it. Let me see. Yep, here it is. I was literally this close. I need to get... The, I posted... This one I did post on the socials there at the hotel. Literally that close to her. Just being very casual. Kawase was interesting because he hasn't acted since he was a kid. And he's just an airline pilot. He's just a regular person. So he would just walk around like he was, a, you know, like he was just any of the rest of us. <laughs> they had none of that big... A big movie star air about him at all, which is very amusing. But anyway, so that after being a little starstruck about that, getting my autographs, you know, Tomokawai, lovely, lovely woman, still a lovely woman, yeah, yes, yes, quite right. So the craziest thing that came out of Jeopardy was there was a category about 
foreign language titles of Godzilla films. Now, I'm familiar with some of these. Some of the more infamous ones, particularly ones in Germany where every monster is named Frankenstein. I don't know why, but every monster is named Frankenstein. Or every monster is King Kong. It's weird. But I went there, and they were fi- I don't Skip, you outdid yourself. Because you found some of the weirdest titles. The weirdest t- alternate titles for these. A couple of which Kim and I really latched onto, and they became running jokes for the rest of the weekend. Our favorites were, apparently, I think it was... Uh, let me find it. Oh, bumping the microphone. Yep, this is all kinds of great podcasting and stream yarding right here. All right, here we go. So, yeah, the crazy one is it's an Italian title. When translated, it comes out to Watungi in the Fabulous Empire of Monsters. The Fabulous Empire of Monsters. Watungi? Huh? Would you believe that's an alternate title for Father vs. Godzilla? What the frick? And then the other one that was just not also an Italian title. When translated, it is At the Edge of Reality. And what was this for? Godzilla vs. Megalon. Oh, yeah, that totally makes sense. Godzilla vs. Megalon. At the Edge of Reality. <sighs> that sounds like a tagline in the trailer. You got epic voice guy. <laughs> At the edge of reality is the Cetopian Empire and their beetle god. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously, Kim, I want that fan trailer. I want a fan trailer for At the Edge of Reality <laughs> and the Fabulous Empire. Yes. Yes, quite. <laughs> That was so weird. And then we had the... Oh, and then the final Jeopardy category was about homages and one Godzilla film to another one. And to, to paraphrase, it was it basically said, the Aiko Maru or the Glory Maru is the name of what and, to, and what two Godzilla films, basically. I'll spare you the 10 minutes trying to remember what that is. It's the name of a boat... Because it's the, yeah, it's the oh, yeah, I think I gave that away a little bit because Echo means glory and it's, it is, yeah, it's the glory Maru because, you know, that's Maru is used for the names of ships in Japanese, but it was from 54 and Shin Godzilla. There was where the boats in the beginnings of both of those movies. So there you go. And then we had the costume parade. Lots of really great costumes this year. I was very impressed. There people were streaming that they were they've been sharing posting videos of it on YouTube for the last week since it happened, and so if you want to see what all was there, there's plenty of places to go to to see it. Personal, some personal highlights for me was we had a megalon with working drills. That was a surprise. We didn't know the drills worked until he stood in front of the audience and posed. We had a Godzilla and an Angerus, and they fought each other, and their fight choreography was amazing. My personal favorite was Angerus was on the ground and then basically did a reverse dropkick. Because he stood on... It was the costume... It was the uh, costume wearer's... The costumer's hands, and he... So he basically did a handstand and kicked Godzilla with both feet. That was very impressive. 
We also had what felt like a life-size Mondo, which was insane. I saw somebody with that running around with the head earlier that day, and I didn't realize just how big it was going to be, but it looked like a dragon float from a Chinese New Year parade. So that was very impressive, very appropriate for Mondo. But the one that just stole everyone's heart, stole all of our hearts, was there was this little girl. This little girl... She wasn't a monster. She wasn't a fairy. Although the girls who have been cosplaying the Mothra fairies the last couple of years were back and doing a different rendition. And I made sure to get video of that for my friend Bex. Shout out to Bex because they were the Mothra trilogy version and she loves those versions. And they sang and then they summoned Mothra and it was one of their friends dressed as Mothra. It was amazing. But this little girl was dressed as Gia, the deaf girl from Godzilla vs. Kong. She had a little Kong doll that she made herself, and she looked so freaking cute. It was wonderful. We just all lost our minds. And I know that she got an award as part of the contest, as part of the costume parade. I think she got a Judge's Choice Award, as she should, because she just stole the show when she showed up. That is evidence right there that this should not just be about the monsters. It needs to be about the characters, too, especially characters like that. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. So then Jared, Elijah, and I went over to the Terror of Mechagodzilla panel. I took some video at appropriate moments like Godzilla's entrance and Godzilla doing his fiery charge and pummeling Mechagodzilla the crowd wasn't as excited when that happened, and I don't know if that was just because it was late and it was on day two of the panel, so people are just kind of tired. Who knows? Wasn't as much energy as I was expecting. I posted those videos on the podcast social media, so you can go see those, hear them as well, but it was great. I loved hearing Elijah just, just gush over this movie. He just, he gushed so much. Seeing him just happy to see this film, because I was telling him, he's like, we're going to the Pickwick. He'd never been to the Pickwick before in all the years he'd gone to G-Fest. Like, you're coming with me? We're going to the Pickwick, and we're going to go see Terror. Ugh! And he did. I held him to that. He came. It was amazing. So, that finished our day on Saturday. So then we get to day three, which is where I was extra insane, and I had... Four panels. Totally crazy. Yeah. So those were the King Kong versus Godzilla panel because they needed someone to fill some spots. That was a fun time talking about that movie, talking about Sekizawa. Danny was on it. And, you know, we got to talk about Sekizawa. And if it was, oh, what, what's funny is one of the other guys, oh, man, his name is escaping me. Uh, let me look it up here really quick on the schedule. I paneled with him several times on these movie panels. Let's see. Do, 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 do. I think it was Dennis Roth. I think it was Dennis Roth. Yeah. Big fella. Huge fella. Felt like an ox. And there was one time I was ragging on him a little bit a previous at a, during a previous panel. I want to say it was... I think it was the Terror of Mechagodzilla panel. I think it was that. And I ragged on him a little bit, and he looked at me. I was, I was sitting next to him, and he... And he said, don't make me smack you with my master's degree. And I just looked at him and said, I have one too. And it completely diffused the situation and we were friends after that. It was just like, oh, <laughs> we, we are equals, I see. <laughs> Shut everything down. It was great. So he was fun to panel with. 
So that was the first thing. And then I was on the Takarata Remembrance panel. Let me see, what was that one called? Uh, a fan tribute to Akira Takarata. And that was me, Danny, Billy DeBoos, and Bob Eccleton. Yes, the great Bob Eccleton. I got to panel with him. And we shared personal stories about Akira Takarada. I've shared mine on a previous live stream that I shared with everybody. Danny shared his, and we got to hear from Billy DeBoos, who made the fan film Godzilla Battle Royale, where he got to actually direct Akira Takarada. I need to watch this fan film. I've been meaning to do it for a long time, so I need to watch it now even more. And so he talked about that. Bob Eccleton talked about knowing him for quite a few years and how personal, you know, how personal he was. It was a wonderful panel. And then we opened it up for people to come from the audience and share their personal stories. And it was just, it was a solemn occasion, but it was a very appropriately solemn occasion. And solemn though it was, it ended up being just a celebration of a life well lived. I want to put it like that. And our conclusion was that we need more Akira Takaratas in the world. We really do. We really do. And then after that, what was the next panel I had? It was a lot more fun. It was a, lot, a little bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very different kind of panel. And this is one I wanted to have it recorded. I wasn't able to record most of the panels I was on. But this one... Danny and I will probably do as an MIFE Max episode for you. We got the PowerPoint and everything, but it was untying Godzilla's Gordian knot. Can Godzilla versus King Ghidorah be fixed? So we went through and we we basically ironed out all the issues or as many as we could with that movie using two similar but very different approaches. I came at it as a script doctor and, and saying, let me do one more draft of the script for you. Danny, as a novel, uh, being the novelization guy, took everything as gospel and she said, give me what you have and I will make it make sense. And then we went through and explained how we could do that. And we had a tremendous response from that. We had a lot of people are telling us, we, we, you guys should do this with other Godzilla movies. It would be great. Um, um, we're like, we don't know what Godzilla films that we would do this with because the other ones don't really demand it as much as Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. I don't know. When Danny and I do that bonus episode, let us know what you think of it. We should apply that to some other movies. I just don't know what that would be. Even if we did, it'd be very different things that we'd be working on. Okay. Space Godzilla. You know, I don't know. How do you fix Space Godzilla other than just completely rewriting it? I, I don't know. I don't know. But all the time travel shenanigans and King Ghidorah just demands to be ironed out. 1.21 gigawatts. That's all I have to say on that until we actually do that bonus episode. And then my last panel of the day, because I think I didn't attend any panels. I All the panels that I was at, I was a panelist. So... That's basically what I did all day was go to the panels. Yep. Went to all the dang panels. At least that's what I have down here. Probably didn't finish all the notes or all the things, but I've got a couple more stories I could tell you after that. So then I went to the YouTubers and Podcasters panel, which was recorded. You can see it on Kaiju Kim's 
YouTube channel. Highly recommend you go and do that. The most interesting thing that happened uh, w- with that was because Kim was on it, Danny was on it, one of the guys from Wikizilla was there, and then there was a Godzilla YouTuber. And well, let me see. Let me find the names of everybody who was on there. By the way, Danny, I'm still mad at you for getting a hundred dollar Titanosaurus figure just given to you for free. I'm still mad. I'm still mad. You already have one, but apparently this is a slight variation, so you're just keeping it fine. I w- I wish I could have this face that says "Give me free stuff." Still a little mad, but no. Let me see. Oh, Elijah was on that panel too. It was a big panel. Yeah, Michael uh, Kalari. Jake Denunzio, and then, yeah, all of those friends of mine. Talked about the art of kaiju content creation, fielded questions from the audience. And I was trying to build off of an answer that Elijah was giving, and then Matt from Monstrosity's vlog just blurts out, because he was sitting in the front row, just blurts out, let someone else talk, basically. Shut up and let someone else talk. I'm like, okay. But then, over the next three hours, that man proceeded to apologize to me about five times. And we had a lot of man hugs and everything over it. He just had to make absolutely sure there was no hard feelings, which I really respect. I truly respect that about you, Matt. If you're hearing this, great job with that. Amazing job. Thank you so very much for doing that. I really mean it. So... There was that. <laughs> like I said, you can watch the whole panel in its uh, uh, in its entirety. And then after that, we closed out G-Fest. We were done. I spent a little time in the deer hall that day, made some final purchases, got some stuff for friends, and yeah, that was a wrap. You know, this little thing back here, uh, the, that is a Godzilla reaction figure. I didn't buy that. That was Danny's mom. Danny DeMana's mom, because apparently her his mother loves me and just bought that for me because. Right, so I guess I got something out of it. It wasn't a Titanosaurus, but I got something out of it. I want that Titanosaurus. It's a nifty Titanosaurus. I'm just telling you. I just... Mm. Grr. Uh, oh, I met Jay Key from Toku Toy Town and YHS on Monster Island. Just want to shout that out right there. Let you know about that. Yeah, I met, I met so many people. It was glorious. <laughs> uh, so that basically wraps up Saturday. Uh, I, there was a, we did a big, epic, crazy wrap-up stream for Kaiju Kim that night. Go and watch that stream if you haven't already. We had far too much fun doing that. Met a bunch of, oh, or, uh, is, uh, Orga's biggest fangirl. You know, find out she's a big fan of the show and, I may have recruited her to you know be on the show in some capacity, you know. And so, just so many people, just so many people. I wish I could shout all of you out right now, but yeah, Miss Faye, Orga's biggest fangirl. Uh, thanks so much for uh, for the love that you gave me, and for you know uh, for being at G Fest and bringing a lot of just joy to that room. It was so fun to be around you. And but then we get to the the weird portion. One of the things I wanted to do this year, because I've never experienced it before, was I wanted to see what this fabled after party was like. Weirdly enough, even though they could have had it at the Hyatt, they didn't have it at the Hyatt. They had it back at the Crown Plaza, which is a couple blocks away, which is where it would have been held before. I don't know why they didn't just have it at the new location, but whatever. And then I found out 
after party is the weird part of the convention. I walk there with Mr. Roth and my bro and uh, Elijah. First off, I found out the hard way that Illinois has legalized marijuana because we just walked outside and suddenly the entire neighborhood, even though I didn't necessarily say a ton of people around, the entire the just the entire area just reeked of it. I don't like. Do people just all light up in the evening? Got nothing better to do? I mean, I know you got a lot of shootings and everything. You got to cope with it somehow, but what the heck? So that was annoying. Burned my eyes a little bit. Dennis was complaining about it, wrecking his allergies, understandably so. So that wasn't necessarily very fun trying to deal with that. And I got to the after party. I met with a couple of people I knew. I met a guy. I wish I could remember your name, dude, but I can't remember your name. But I kicked your butt at Street Fighter 4 a couple of years before this at G-Fest. And you walked up and reminded me of that. I ran into his wife, who was a big fan of the work that I had been doing. She was also slightly inebriated and was very nice to me. I'm guessing it was the booze talking. Although what's kind of encouraging is people say that a drunk man's words are a sober man's thoughts. So... Uh, there's that. Yes, because there was alcohol, which was awkward for Elijah because he's technically underage. Although, for what I... Well, no, I'm just going to leave it at that. And uh, met Ryan while he was there in full. I did go to his panel. That was one panel I went to. His panel on... Him and Thomas's panel on Lovecraft and Kaiju, which has been posted on his YouTube channel. I highly recommend watching it. He was there in his full getup. And we just chatted for a while, talked about a lot of different things and, you know, about future panels and the future of the convention and all kinds of things like that. And then, and this is something that somehow I think I've heard inklings of, but it was always just this fabled thing. It wasn't something that I've actually partaken of, never something I actually saw, which was apparently the convention drink. I have no idea how it was mixed. I don't know what it is. It was served out of milk jugs, which seems weirdly inappropriate. But it was, I can't, I think I heard it called a couple of different names. I think I heard it called Kaiju Blood, and I also heard it called Godzilla Blood. It was a bright red drink. I don't know what was in it. They were acting like it was supposed to be radioactive when it was brought out in, I think it was wheeled out actually in a cart in these milk jugs. And people started chanting, blood, 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 blood. I'm like, what the frick? I thought this was a party, not a cult initiation. Ooh. I was a little scared of that booze with how weird people were being about it. So, yeah, stayed for about an hour or so, ended up leaving. Ryan went back to his room. I walked back to the hotel, bumped into Alyssa about halfway there, and she's like, hey, what's going on over there? Because she had been invited to the after party, and I said, like, Bunch of people getting drunk and shooting the breeze. She kept going. I went into the hotel. I hadn't had din- a proper dinner. So I got a little something. And I sit there and I start eating. And then Alyssa comes in through. It's only been like 15 minutes at the most. Well, maybe 20 or so. And she just came back. And I was like, oh, didn't like it? I was like, nope. Not my scene. <laughs> so she said, I'm going to go over here and get my vice. That being candy. So she got some candy. She came over. We were just going to be the two of us hanging out for a little bit, I thought. And then Matt Walsh comes in. And he uh, just 
starts chatting with us and we had a good time with that, you know, hung out for about an hour or so. Then we all went back up to our rooms and went to bed like sane human beings. But let me tell you, after I saw that, and he said he went to another after party that was invitation only. So I've basically decided next year, if I stay on Sunday night, I'm just going to throw my own dang after party. And we're going to have some fun that doesn't involve a, turning the con into Sodom and Gomorrah. Call me weird. <laughs> call me weird. Call me a prude or whatever. I don't care. I'm not opposed to the consumption of alcohol. We'll probably allow a little bit of alcohol, but I don't need people getting into a bunch of drunken revelry at G-Fest. Or acting like they're in a cult initiation. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying we're going to have some good, clean, wholesome fun. Just letting you all know about that. I mean, it's, to be honest, Kim's live stream was basically my after party because that was just a bunch of nerds being hyperactive and goofy and just gushing all over that con and everything that they did. So there you go. So slept, uh, slept in. I have some issues with the hotel because I needed a few extra minutes just to get everything out of my room. I overslept a little bit. And then they charged me for a whole day. You're going to hear from me, Hyatt, most likely. You've been warned. Anyway, so that aside, overall, one of the, it might arguably be, even though there were some people who didn't come that I wish were there, like Kyle Yount and John LeMay and a bunch of people weren't there. I would still probably rank this my, even with, despite some of the other bits of stupidity that happened, you know, like the cringy comments during the Godzilla versus Kong screening, I would still probably rank this my favorite G Fest so far. And this was my fourth G Fest. I was super busy, but I felt like I got a fuller experience from the con, even though I didn't still didn't see quite everything. I still would have liked to have seen the gaming room more and the model room more and things like that. It was still overall an incredibly wonderful experience. Thank you so much everybody who put on this convention. I am so happy to see G Fest continuing to succeed and I want to see it continue to grow and I can't wait to go back next year. It's going to be amazing. I'm sure I've already talked to a few people like Danny and Ryan about panels that we could do. So we're already kind of planning ahead. I will be on the writer's panel again. You're going to have to make me not be on that panel. I'm just saying I don't know if I'll be the moderator or if I'll give it back to Neil. We'll see how I feel. I was a benevolent moderator. You wanted back Neil? Neil before Neil. Ah, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get what I mean. <laughs> All right. So with that, I am now going to transition into the next segment, the Patreon-only segment, to talk about the production process for every MIFV, or at least most MIFV episodes. So, if you would, uh, for those of you who are listening to this in the public podcast feed, if you want to get this behind-the-scenes information, I highly recommend that you go to Patreon and you join MIFV Max, where you can get perks like this and shout-outs and bonus audio and even, I'm not kidding you, opportunities to select things to be on the show or even be on the show itself. All of that can be found on Patreon. Check it out. 
Link is always in the show notes. If you have to go to the dang website because sometimes iTunes is stupid and cuts off the it cuts off the show notes. I don't know why, but ever since I switched to Podbean, it does this. But go and check it out. I would love to see your support. I am incredibly grateful for what all of you do. For those who support, you know, who support the show financially or otherwise, thank you so much for what you do. You really do help to make this possible. So with that, let's go on to that special segment to the rest of you. Sayonara. Thank you for listening to the Monster Island Film Vault, a podcast produced and hosted by Nate Marchand. If you want to join the discussion and be heard on the show, we'd love to hear from you. So email us at feedback at monsterislandfilmvault.com. Our website is monsterislandfilmvault.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Monster Island Film Vault. And on Twitter, where our handle is at the Monster Isla One. You can subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, and TikTok. Follow Jimmy from NASA on Twitter at NASA Jimmy and our many other colorful characters using the links in the show notes. The podcast logo was created by Tyler Souls from TylerDrawsComics.com. Our theme song is Wanderer on the Offensive, live edit by B33J, Serax, Juan Madrano, and Nonsensical Lexus which is a remix of Counterattack, Battle with the Colossus, and The Opened Way, Battle with the Colossus, by Koatani from the video game Shadow of the Colossus. All film and audio clips belong to their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended or implied. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and or Podchaser to spread the word about the show. You can also support us by joining MIFV Max on Patreon. The Monster Island Film Vault is a Moonlighting Ninjas Media production. Sayonara! Sayonara.